Check one, two, three. Hello, and welcome to the All Things Narrative Podcast, where we explore the relationships between the stories we love and the stories we live. I'm your host, Derek Hatch, and let's get started. Welcome to the happiest place on earth, the All Things Narrative Podcast. Yay! The Empire. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that's actually kind of fitting. Yeah. Order in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So... You obviously heard Joe and Jason in the house, so we got them them back. Um, we got Nick back in the house as well. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I don't really know how to do this, stuff, but I'm here. Yeah, we got Claudia in the house. Ooh, ooh, Claudia, longtime friend of all of us here. And you know, I felt weird about doing a Disney episode without a woman here. Because we're going to be talking a lot about princesses and stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, if you are enjoying this episode um, or if you have been listening and you think this is a pretty cool podcast, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Uh, we'd also love reviews as well. So if you can leave a review, just let us know um, what you think. That would be awesome because that really helps get the, the podcast out there and help spread the word. So thank you all so much. And let's jump into this. history that we always start off with Mm -hmm. is hard because Disney has been around for nearly a hundred years. Actually, um, next year it'll be a hundred years. Really? Yeah. So it was founded, uh, in 1923 by Walt and Roy Disney. Um, they originally part of another studio, um, that went bankrupt, but they produced these little shorts that featured like these live action and animated renderings of like Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. Um, like these little shorts. Um, they created, uh, Walt and Roy created this character. Uh, you guys ever heard of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. Is that the rabbit in Alice in Wonderland? No. No? That's like the no. long Mickey Mouse before Mickey Mouse. Yeah, right? it was Mickey before Mickey. Yeah. Really. Before they made him commercially palatable. Mm. <laughs> well, it's interesting because they, they made Oswald and he was doing really well for years, but, um, you know, at the time, the copyright for that character was owned by Universal Studios. And oh. so when they realized that Universal owned the character that they created, that they were kind of like, oops, uh, what do we do now? And that led to the creation of Mickey Mouse. Hmm. Just because they didn't want to get sued. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and wanting to be able to do what you want with the character. Yeah. And so they created the, that short Steamboat Willie, which was the mm. first animated film with sound. You know, and that blew up. That did incredibly well. And that uh, the sh- little shorts that they produced uh, that were in theaters, you know, because you they didn't have TV. So you had to go to the theater to see it. Um, that eventually led to them uh, being ambitious enough to want to make an entire animated film, mm. which, you know, they were laughed at for doing uh, because animation was not viewed as a medium of film. And the idea of creating a full length 80, 90 minute film that just mm-hmm. was unheard of at the time. But uh, nonetheless, you know, Disney jumps into it. He puts everything he has into that film. They even invent an entirely new type of camera called the multiplane camera, which that's the camera that allows the cells and the different layers of backgrounds and stuff to all be captured. Um, So they create new technology just to do this. And, you know, despite all the critics, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs comes out 
and it's the biggest film of all time. Oh, that was their first? That was their first film, oh, I didn't 1937, know that. I think. And that was, uh, high, I think, the highest grossing film ever made at that point. Um, wow. It just blew up. People loved it. And even like right there in that movie, you see a lot of what Disney would go on to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the princess theme, you see the, the great villains, you see the, the songs, you know, yeah. uh, the, of course, adapting fairy tales, which we'll talk about fairy tales today. It's all there in the first film. Uh, and it's very much a part of their DNA. And I don't know if, did you ever, Joe, when you lived in California, did you ever drive through uh, Ber- or not Berkeley, a Burbank a lot? Yes. So mm-hmm. you have you ever driven by Walt Disney Studios? No. So when you drive by Walt Disney Studios, you can't go inside, obviously. <laughs> but when you drive by it, the the front of it, it's actually the Seven Dwarfs um, because they built that studio based on the success of that movie. Oh. So they took the success of Snow White and they wow. just poured that in to building their their company. And then they release Pinocchio, which is their second film, and Pinocchio's Pinocchio is like a critical success. So they did incredibly well. I don't even know what Pinocchio is about. Oh my gosh, really? You've never seen no, Pinocchio? No, I have. But I know he lies, but I can't remember the story though. Okay, we'll it's, talk. We'll talk about it. We got story. Yeah. It's horrifying. That Smoking movie's horrifying. Ruined your life. That's, that's Smoking ruined your life. Smoking ruined your life. That's one thing you could take from it. It turns you to a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, language. We might have kids listening. Oh yeah, fair. But no, that's true. That is that is baked into the movie. Absolutely. Pinocchio is brilliant. It's a masterpiece. Um, but anyways. Jason was hating on it on the way over here. <laughs> really? Like this, was, number one, on absolutely not. Yeah. Really? They put it on like number one, number two on the list. I didn't agree with that. Yeah. I didn't say it was bad. Oh, Pinocchio is phenomenal. Phenomenal story. Okay, I don't know about number Storytelling, we'll animation, yeah, we'll, everything. We'll get there. But anyways, so then Disney like wanted to experiment, and they created a film called Fantasia, um, which oh, yeah, put that was great. you know sound to music, and I'll talk about that later. Um, but it was a huge failure. It was a, a huge failure, and really? people hated it. Oh, they really? despised it. It didn't make anybody. Kids didn't like it. Adults didn't like it. It was they lost so much money on it. But here's the thing: the thing that came out of Fantasia that's amazing. Uh, because of the sound of how they wanted to do the the sound with the music and stuff, they invented what eventually became surround sound. They called it Fanta sound at the time. But that eventually, (laughs) that technology is what leads to surround sound. So Walt Disney and his team invented surround sound. So every time you go to a theater, you can thank Fantasia for that. And then like uh, they make Dumbo that just exists to make money. Like they lost so much money. That's the only reason why that movie was made. That's another and then, wild movie. That right. Is horrifying. Oh, yeah. Well. The, the nightmare sequence yep. and all that. Yeah. Pink yeah. Pink elephants. I had nightmares from that. And the, yeah, just, like straight up. Really nightmares. Like that scene. And <laughs> it says a lot about you. <laughs> and then finally, and then finally they make Bambi, which has talking animals. So that's like the golden age. And the reason why I spent time talking about those individual films is because in their first movies, you see everything Disney will do moving forward. You see princesses and fairy tales and musicals. You see um, movies that exist just to make money like Dumbo. You see experiments like Fantasia and you see cute stuff like Bambi. That about covers all of what Disney is going to do, right? Yeah. Like when you look at all that. Mm -hmm. So, you know... Um, then in the forties, they get contracted by the government to make propaganda films. If you have not seen those films, you gotta see them. They're nuts. 
like Disney Disney animations with Hitler and stuff in them. No, like and Nazis. That's not a movie. No, I think they're I've seen they're one. shorts we... where like Donald Duck is working for the oh, Nazis like, and yes. stuff. Yeah, no, I've seen yeah. those. Yeah, where, where can we, we find had to watch these? those YouTube, in school, right? Yeah, as a history lesson. I think you can yeah. find them on YouTube. They, the the U.S. government because Disney was so in debt because their movies were doing so poorly um, that the government bailed them out of their debt and said, in return, you're going to make these kind of these wartime propaganda films that we're going to show to our soldiers and to people, you know? So Disney was huge in getting America over, like, the public interest in World War II. And Disney and Captain America. So, yeah, and then, of course, after the war, they head into the Silver Age, which is where a lot of people think that that's some of their best stuff. That's where they kind of really get their formula down. They focus more on their brand, on story. The animation really peaks there with things like Sleeping Beauty. That goes through the 60s. And then Walt Disney dies in 1966, um, right as he opens Disneyland. So, you know, like Mm. that was kind of like his big final thing he was working towards was Disneyland and eventually what would become Disney World. He dies and they this company struggles for a long time. They basically go through the trash bin of like rejected ideas Disney had. That's like what like Robin Hood and stuff like that are in the <gasps> 70s. They're like these kind of rejected concepts he had. But a lot of those mm-hmm. movies in the 70s and 80s did not do super well. And the company almost goes big, kind of like Marvel, yeah. you know? They they almost go down to nothing. And then they get saved when um, a group uh, decides to pitch this idea for uh, adapting Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale, The Little Mermaid. And this was in 1989, and that movie saves Disney. It's also the final Disney movie that is completely hand-drawn. From after Little Mermaid Mm. on, they will start slowly incorporating computer animation into their, even into their 2D hand-drawn films. Um, so Little Mermaid is a huge success. This begins their Renaissance age yeah. uh, in the '90s, which is where we all grew up. And I'm, I'm we're not going to really take time to say like how we first were introduced to Disney because we always, we, I'm assuming we all were as kids, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah um, and on the on the VCR tapes, right, Jason? Yep, them big old rectangles. Yep, I got a couple rectangles <laughs> right there on the VHS. <laughs> so the Renaissance age, they go back to fairy tales, but they incorporate like musical theater. So they get like Tim Rice, Alan Menken, these people who actually wrote plays and musicals for Broadway. And they come in and they uh, help write the Disney movies and they do the songs and all that stuff. And then once Pixar starts going, so Pixar, did you guys know that Pixar started off as a part of Lucasfilm? No. Oh. no to not. go back to our Star Wars episode, the 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 early <laughs> ideas of what Pixar became, um, it was a group of people who said, "Hey, we think we could do something with like computer and animation." And George Lucas looked at them and said, "Yeah, you could come join my team." So you could thank George Lucas for you know what eventually becomes Pixar because he really pours into this group. He allows them to have some creativity and get to experiment. And then in, I think 1986, after the original trilogy is over um, and he, they've done some stuff with Lucasfilm, they kind of want to go off on their own and Lucas kind of blesses that they go off. And that's when John Lasseter, you know, really starts to take Pixar and make it the company. And they make some really bad CG. If you have, go look online, you could see their early stuff. It's mm. pretty horrendous, but they're trying to figure it out, you know? And um, 
and you know Steve Jobs when he invests in Pixar, mm. um, that really helps them as a company. Um, and then when they they get a deal with Disney and they produce Toy Story together. So from 1995 to about 2005, 2006, Pixar is a separate studio that works alongside Disney as a partner. And they really have a very hit or miss relationship. But then Disney buys Pixar and everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah. So then Pixar, you know, <laughs> becomes... In, so you. Yeah. <laughs> so That's now, we're, now we're happy. Yeah. That's <laughs> but what was happening in the mid-2000s was that Disney was struggling again with their 2D animation. And so they actually hire Pixar's team to take over Disney animation. And that eventually leads to a film called Tangled in 2010. And... Be, and Tangled is a huge success. I love Tangled. And I know, right? Oh. And from Tangled on, you'll see that the lines between Pixar and Disney are kind of blurred in terms of who's working on the movies. Because like you got John Lasseter, who's like from Pixar, but he's also the president of Disney Studios Animation as well. So it gets really murky at that point. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a little bit about... And then that leads to what they call the revival age now, where Disney's back, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Disney and Pixar are both making things. So, but yeah, any thoughts on what we shared in the history? I feel like growing up, I always sensed a little animosity between Pixar and Disney. Like they were two separate capitals, not wanting right. to be friends. Yeah, I never felt that tension. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. Didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Like they were separate in like separate piece, like companies until like later in life. Yeah. And they were partners because Disney was the distributor. They were basically like, we'll put the movies out for you and you make the movies. Mm. But yeah, if you go like behind the scenes and just read all the drama that was happening between them. Yeah. Even like the, like Toy Story 2, because that was like the third Pixar film, I think. And even I think there was a lot of tension of like, should we do a sequel? Should we not do a sequel? And you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah. So if we're good, good on the history, now that we've kind of got a little bit of a, a gist of it. And you know, Disney, it's interesting because we've, we have this kind of theme with Marvel and star Wars and, and all that of just how these are companies that they didn't always look as successful as they were today. Mm-hmm. And you know, Walt Disney, I got to give the guy props for all his faults for wanting to push. Yeah. He wanted to push really hard his team and he wanted to push what you could do in film and Walt Disney. And I still stand by this and love this. Uh, when he says this is just that like, our films should be made for everyone to enjoy. Um, Disney was not a company that was created to cater to kids. It was created for everybody. It was something that a parent and a child could sit and watch together and enjoy. I do think that's changed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at various points in their history. Mm. But that was the idea. And Pixar also carried that idea as well. And I think that's when those studios are at their best. Yeah. I definitely see that with a lot of uh, movies that are coming out today. I definitely see that because um, clearly we're a bunch of adults sitting here talking about Pixar movies. They're clearly and Disney movies. They're clearly yeah. still doing that. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get into. So instead of talking about like the mythology with fairy with Disney, you really got to talk about fairy tales, mm. you know, so a little bit of a different direction. But, you know, fairy tales have been around for hundreds of years. They're constantly being reshaped and edited in cultures. People like the Grimm's brothers collected fairy tales 
and put them all together in compilations. Other people like Hans Christian Andersen invented new fairy tales for their time. Um, but yeah, they were, you know, designed to, uh, they were actually told orally and they were a lot, they actually came a lot from mothers. Mm, um, really? Yes. But they're so dark. Yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so interesting. Read yeah. Brothers Grimm. It doesn't end well. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah. They were very dark and they eventually became to, you know, have morality and bring, you know, those dangers of don't go into the woods alone, kids, you know, that type of stuff in <laughs> or there. Or some witch is going <laughs> to turn you into food and eat you. That's so wild. Derek, <laughs> Derek, how would you define fairy tale? What would you say a fairy tale is? I have a feeling you have a definition. No, I don't. I don't. I just... <laughs> Because fairy tale and fantasy is different, right? Or no? They've the lines are very blurry. That's a great point because fairy tales are almost a form of fantasy, like within the fantasy genre. Um, fairy tales, though, I feel like are they tend to be shorter than like a like like when we think of fantasy, we tend to think like Lord of the Rings and mm-hmm. Narnia, like these mm-hmm. longer stories. And mm-hmm. fairy tales tend to be more like short stories um, within the fantasy genre. Would you say the you, Pixar? It, those are fairy tales or, or fantasy? Well, I heard one person saying, tell me what you guys think of this, that they said the, the, the difference between Disney and Pixar and their storytelling is that Disney storytelling, it's always about once upon a time. It's always founded on this idea of once upon a time. That's more well, like the fairy tale. Yes. And mm. Pixar is more of this idea of what if. Mm. Like what if your toys came alive? Mm. What, what if, if, what if we could hear, if we could see a fish's perspective? What if, what we, if, what if our voices, what if the thoughts in our heads are actual? Re- okay. That, yes. Okay. That's <laughs> very much Pixar's. What if we put balloons on a house? And just <laughs> left everything behind. Yeah. Oh, I can't I wait. I like to, that story. I can't wait to get to up. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, that's essentially, you know, so Pixar, it's funny because Pixar kind of is like a modern fairy tale, but I don't know. When I watch it, I, I've been watching, we've all been watching a lot of Disney and Pixar films in the last few weeks. There is something that feels different about them. Yeah. Like when you watch them, you know, like, uh, like watching something like Sleeping Beauty or Aladdin or Lion King or Moana or Tangled. It doesn't feel quite the same as watching something like Wally or mm-hmm. Up or, yeah. and it's hard. I, I'm trying to put my finger on what it is, but you know what I mean? It's, it's like a closed story. Like, I think stories like Moana, all those, they have a, a distinguished end. Instead of, like, the world of Wally, you wonder what's all going to happen because they built this whole world around it. But Moana could just be Hawaii, like, 20 years ago, if the world was like that. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of Disney animated films mm. that actually take place in modern day. Whereas I feel yeah. like a lot of Pixar films do tend to take place more recently, right? Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Would that be like the mm-hmm. once upon a yeah. time aspect, maybe? Yeah, like the sense of time, because a lot of a lot of Disney stuff, it's it's kind of like I watch it and I'm like, oh, this could be hundreds of years ago, you know, or this, or I'm not, I'm not quite sure when the time is mm. in it. But yeah, in terms of the um, the storytelling, these fairy tales, though, obviously they tell them they would tell the fairy tales to their kids, you know, to help form their character. And I think, you know, if Disney is our modern fairy tales, then that means that there's a good chance that the what you're showing is having an influence and in forming kids. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so would you. Yeah. Y- yeah. So would you say that fairy tales are more like 
intentfully moral. Yeah, no, that is the function that we understand them as there usually is a moral, but it's still a moral that's in a story, right? It's not message over story. Yeah. It's story with a message. And there's a difference. Yeah. And I'd argue that there's some Disney films that come out today that are message over, over story. story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which we'll talk about. Yeah. I mean, I have kids. So it's like, you I have think kids? they're watching Moana as we speak. Yeah. Yes, they are. Um, so that is something that's interesting to think about is my kids are in the other room and they are being influenced right now mm. by the things that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Addie loves Ariel and wants to be like Ariel. You know, she thinks Ariel's the coolest. And, and so it's like, you know, and they're they're They put on clothes and they pretend, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's very, you know, as a parent here, it's very interesting to think about, you know, what am I going to allow to influence my children? Yeah. And I'm not going to show my kids like all stuff from Disney and Pixar, yeah. you know, it's so, like it's like what you and Nick have said before. It's the what are the stories that, you know, matter to us? What are the stories that we feel are meaningful to us? You know, you, that's, yeah, yeah, Nick. I feel like you got something. I'm trying to figure out a way to get this in, but get it in. Uh, <laughs> no, there might be a better time I, for it. I have to. You just edit it into. I just spot. have to go slow sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what, what needs to be said will be said. Derek, I took this book off your bookshelf, this C.S. Lewis book. Yeah. Um, and he has a, a couple of chapters on story, but he says, speaking of stories that are going to hurt us, he's talking about fantasy and fairy tales versus realistic stories, mm. and he says, um. He says, it is accused of giving children a false oppression, impression of the world they live in, but I think no literature that children could read gives them less of a false impression than fantasy. I think what professes to be realistic stories for children are far, far more likely to deceive them. I, was never, uh, expect, I never expected the real world to be like fairy tales. I think that I did expect school to be like the school stories. The mm. fantasies did not deceive me. The school mm. stories did. Yeah. Wow. Dang, that's true. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave it to Lewis. Yeah. No, I, I love how he puts that. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that We're because be in this, <laughs> this comes down to a, a deeper idea that I think you're touching on. And it's that like, oh, well, it's just silly kid stuff. It's just fiction. It's yeah. just and, and I'm like, no, guys, sometimes when we watch, you know, fiction, it could be more true yeah. than something that's trying to be realistic or yeah. trying to tell you like this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Because a good story, no matter how fictional, no matter how fantasy like in that realm it is, mm-hmm. a good story will be what Robert McKee calls capital T true. Mm-hmm. You know? Like it may not have truly taken place, but it's true in what it says about reality and being in human and life and yeah. the world and all that. Well, he 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 also argues is that fantasy or fairy tales are not just for kids it's just a genre that best tells the story that's trying to be told yes and so they are for adults and children which is what disney yeah was trying to do yeah but he says if a children's story is not enjoyed by adults then it's not a good children's story if it is enjoyed by the adults i agree with then that it's not a good children's story yeah. i agree with that and i like and it reminds me of like well walt disney like even had a philosophy too like with his stories and i do think when he dies this philosophy also goes um for the most part we can we can go dark we can take it dark uh we i believe that kids are capable of handling it Mm. just as long as you give them some resolution yeah um you know because kids need a sense of resolution you know some of the early disney films as we mentioned were incredibly dark at times you know because he did not want to talk down uh with kids about the reality uh and the harshness of of life 
and the world, you know? Um, of course, there's moments like in Bambi where Bambi's mom dies, and then the few seconds later, la, 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 yeah. and I'm just like, uh, no, no. But they get better. They do yeah. get better. Like Lion King is a great example mm. of like mm. when Mufasa dies and Mufasa. Simba's there, like trying to wake him up, yeah. and you know, and I, I'm just like, and we're just letting that sit, you know. And yeah, we do get to the silly Kuna Matata um, after, but we we take they they their pacing gets better you know mm. so so yeah so i so i i like that and i think that you know if 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 parent like for me this as a parent if i'm not going to enjoy it i'm probably not going to put it on for my kids yeah like if they're like oh can we watch that and i'm just inside like no 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 can we watch cars no, no. <laughs> can we watch chicken little no what? I told you. Yes, what? Not, Chicken Little is not. What? Everybody Chicken, listening to this podcast Chick, is not a good movie. Chicken, Chicken Little is the worst. Lies. Worst Disney movie. Yes. Worst oh Disney movie. my gosh. It, really? It's at the Car- bottom. Cars that father and son. Th- listen, and that Chicken father Little. and son relationship, bro, gets Chicken me every time. I watched it recently with my kids in, in class. Bad I movie. cried. Bad animation, bro. I like that. Whatever, whatever, I like bro. The whatever, bro. I agree with that. Yeah, thank you. That's good. You know what? Stay over there on that side. And Treasure Planet. You guys just have bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything about You Treasure like Planet. Last Jedi. <laughs> no, 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 no. And you like Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I don't like Rise of Skywalker. Over Last Jedi. No, I didn't. It was on the bottom of my ranking. Oh, okay. Joke. Yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe you like Last Jedi too, Joe. I do. <laughs> I do like Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Um... Chicken Little is the worst. Oh my um, gosh. Moving whatever. On. Whatever. Um, you we'll can, get maybe to you'll it. pick that for your underrated. But we'll get to you that. Can have that on, yeah. On it's perfectly rated at 30 something percent on Bro. Rotten Tomatoes. And it well deserved. It should have gotten a zero. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> my whole heart. But yeah, but as a parent though, like, you know, I think about that too. Is like, well, I have to sit here for 90 minutes. Might as well get something. That I can enjoy, you know? Like Ryan the Last Dragon, that was a recent Disney movie that came out. That I was like, I was like, wow, I really enjoyed this because it's like, it's a story, it's a story about trust, you know? And I was like, that's, it's very important for kids. Kids are learning to trust, you know, who to trust and how to do that. And as adults, you know, we can often be jaded about trusting others. And Mm. that was a great movie about that, you know? And that's where somewhere I could look at that and like, you know, that's what the best, best of these movies do is they could challenge the whole audience itself. So Nick, did you have anything else that you were going to read from Lewis or about fairy tales or anything? Yeah, when we get to up. We get to up. Yeah. Okay, great. It's going to help explain what I yeah. feel. Anything else you guys want to add about? <laughs> I love that house of balloons. I can't wait to talk uh, about it. So is there anything else you guys want to share about like the fairy tale aspect, the morals, the storytelling itself before we start talking into specific stories with I'm, Disney? I'm personally good. Yeah. Okay, great. I want to hop in. Awesome, awesome. Let's do it. going with this episode and this conversation um there's something really cool i want to acknowledge here and that's that you claudia you've been a part of my workshops before yeah i have so uh could you this i mean i want to take advantage of this if you don't mind um could you take a second and just uh maybe share a little bit about your experience being a part of the live a meaningful story workshop 
Sure. So I was a part of a workshop this past fall. It was roughly six weeks long and it was me and a few other coworkers helping Derek create this workshop and get it off the ground off of a rough draft. Um, yeah, we, we learned different, different key things about our own personal stories in our lives. Um, things about different themes that have carried through the years in our life, different characters, different people that have been involved, how different things have affected us. And even like being able to look forward of how we can live a meaningful story from our own life stories. And that was, that was really cool to experience. Yeah. So, you know, Claudia and that whole group, uh, you know, you guys were my first, uh, young adult workshop and you really helped me make this workshop what it is now. You know, your, your ideas, your input, it was so valuable and I can't thank you enough for it. So, you know, if somebody was thinking about joining, you know, doing this workshop, what would they get out of it? I think for me, so I'm a big verbal processor. Uh, it's helpful for me to share things with other people, to hear myself say things out loud. Um, so I would say if you've experienced a lot of things in your life and you want to get a better grapple for like what has happened, what's currently happening, what do you want to happen? I think anyone interested in just having a better grasp on what their life has been and what they want it to be, they would just get a lot of just very valuable input and tools from the workshop. Yeah. So awesome. So feel free to check out allthingsnarrative.com and you can learn more about the Live a Meaningful Story workshop. You could see Claudia's lovely testimonial there as well on the website. You can book the Live a Meaningful Story workshop for whatever group that you are a part of. And so, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to share that. Yeah, you're welcome. You ready to keep talking about Disney and Pixar? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, here we go. All right, so we're going to kind of do this a little differently. So there's way too much material to talk about here. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically talk about like our favorite Disney and Pixar films, um, the ones that we maybe think are the worst or the ones that maybe we have a mixed thoughts on. Um, and then we'll talk about our most overrated and underrated. And then that'll lead to our rankings there. Okay. So we'll just kind of go around. So, you know, who wants to start with like a favorite? Dis it could be Disney or Pixar. Uh, Joe, do you want to go first? Yeah, I can so go similar. first. Oh, um <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> uh, like a favorite Disney or Pixar film. So... Um, this kind of brings me back to like one of my first like Disney movies. I think it's Disney or Pixar, The Brave Little Toaster. I don't know. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh! I, that yes. was I grew up with Brave Little that Toaster. Was, like, all that of Brave them. Little Toaster. It is Disney. Yeah. Yes. I you it's never good. watched Brave Little Toaster? No, no. It's I'm, I'm oh interested. It is such a great story. It's about these um these so items that, that have been left behind by a family, and they're it's like Toy Story. They want their owner back. It's like a toaster. It's a vacuum. It's a, a blanket. Blankie, a radio. A yeah, a radio and yeah. a lamp. And they're all just on this adventure trying to find their kid again. And they go through a whole bunch of different, like this journey and stuff like that. It's a really good movie. And I almost cried in that movie too. I know I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to say that a lot. But yeah, it's it that one was like, I can watch this when I was a kid. I can watch this any time, any day. Yeah. Yeah, that was that and Aladdin. Goes to Mars. Here, yeah, they, I, go, I, I, they go to Mars. There's three of them. They go to Mars. Well, you're talking one. about the original one, right? Yeah, I'm talking about. The I'm gonna original go one. after you because of what you just said a moment ago. I'll go next. Okay. But Brave Little Toaster. What I love about that movie is I love that it is very 
you know, kid friendly, but man, it does it got, not talk down to kids at all. Yeah. There's this one scene where there's like, there's a fire, like uh, the, the toaster's imagining like a fire in the house and there's a scary clown. I'm like, whoa, like they get like, they get really like good the animation in that. Like, the animation. I, yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't even like a theatrical film. I don't think. I really? think that was like a direct video or TV or something. It's phenomenal though. Yeah. And what I, lo- what I love about it is it, the whole, cause the whole idea of the movie is that. The world can be a harsh place because they're leaving the comforts of what they know and they have to go travel into the unknown, right? Yeah. And the world can be a harsh place, um, but it's worth the journey for the people you love. Yeah. And that's a beautiful story. So it hits you right in the face. It does hit you, yeah, especially hit you the with the ending, you yeah. know? And um, just the the poor little toaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My whole start crying. <laughs> Why does but, he have uh, two levers? That makes no sense. I'm looking at this now. <laughs> Design-wise, I don't, I don't like this movie. It's fantasy. Just go with Jason, it. you gotta let go. It's fantasy. fantasy. Just let go. You just have but, to let go. <laughs> oh, nope. Yeah. Okay, so Brave Little Toast. Yeah. Anything else that you were going to say on that one? Um. No, that's that's pretty okay. much it. Yeah. I'm going to go next because okay. you said Aladdin. Yeah. Aladdin is my pick. Yeah. Really? So, Aladdin's nice. Yes. So I love Aladdin. I acknowledge really? to our listeners that I know there are some problems that that movie has in terms of race representation mm-hmm. um so i i fully acknowledge that that is there and it's a shame that it was there um but in terms of the story of aladdin um i i love i love it because like uh, i mean it's so brilliant you've got a character who's like forced into the situation where he has to steal and do these things but then we but then we see that like then he he gives He's still the, selfless. Yeah, yeah. He, he gives the the fruit to those kids, and yeah. it's just like that's like a multi story, like a multi layered character right there, you know. And then, you know, because the whole movie, the whole movie of Aladdin is about like freedom. It's a movie about how everybody's in some sort of bondage. You know, Aladdin, you know, is restricted by his social class. Jasmine, ironically, is also restricted by her social class. I mean, she literally, in her opening scene, lets out caged birds. Yeah. So it's really on the nose. But, you know, Jasmine wants, there's a degree of freedom she wants. The genie, obviously, is not free. Jafar is in bondage to lust, and the and that's what his downfall is. Spoilers, by the way, for this podcast. Jafar is my, um, yeah. Jafar Jafar is my favorite. Jafar. Yeah, right? Oh it's my, my favorite villain. I'm Prince right there with you. Abu. So one of the things that makes Jafar a great villain compared to a lot of other Disney villains is that Jafar has frequent contact with the protagonist. Yeah. If you actually look at a lot of Disney movies, the, the protagonist and the antagonist hardly ever meet in most of them face to face. They may get like one, like Sleeping Beauty and Maleficent get like a few seconds of screen time together or Snow White and the, the wicked witch, you know, queen. Yeah. Like a lot of these character dynamics don't get time to develop, but Jafar and Aladdin have so many scenes together where their relationship and their, their one up it's genius, like him as a villain and the way he's able, like, I mean, he literally takes a serpent, you know, the staff, the serpent staff and uses that to seduce the Sultan and keep him in bondage. Mm. It's super on the nose. But and then he becomes the serpent, right? He becomes yeah. that thing that perpetuates that slavery, and then he becomes the genie. slave. Yeah, he becomes yeah. a genie. It's I mean, oh, it's just such a poetic movie about that, and it's also a movie about trust too, and learning to be yourself, which is a very typical Disney thing. Robin Williams is a genie. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's just he's so lively, and yeah. that performance is still one of the best performances in 
animation. But yeah, I love it. I have the Sega video game. It's like my, it was my most frequent like rewatch Aladdin. And I think A Whole New World might be my favorite Disney song. Period. Period. It's so beautiful. <laughs> well, there's really? a song. Actually, there's a song from Mulan that might top it. Um, but what the I'll make song? a man out of you? No, no, no. It's no. the one that we're it's going to. It's when I sang at karaoke. Were you there that day? No, I wasn't. Oh, I sang Mulan for karaoke at, at for you at UII one time. Wait, wait, I, really? Which song? I, reflection. Oh yeah, when she. Reflection is beautiful. That song like gets to me. But yeah, so Aladdin's my, Aladdin's mine. I'll talk about. I'll be gonna wait and talk about my favorite Pixar film until the end of the podcast when I talk about living a meaningful story. So I'm gonna keep you in suspense for that. All right, what about you guys? Favorite Disney Pixar film? I think I think I'm ready to go. Okay, go ahead, Jason. Jason. Okay, so I'd say my favorite Pixar film is Wall-E. Oh, rapper. But it's not his name. His, <laughs> yo, yo. His name's not Wally, Wally Johnson. It's W A L L E. It's an acronym. Say, say, Wally. Say cool whip. A Wally. Cool whip. Say, say cool. Cool. Say whip. Whip. Now say cool whip. Wally. <laughs> Wally. So why? So, why? Well, I'm actually surprised by that um, because of some conversations we've had. So really? why Wally? I thought I made that clear. No, I really. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Ratatouille because of the the whole anyone can cook thing. I love that, but this is almost like a. I love it, and I watch it again. And I still love it. But Wally is a much more bigger message mm, and just okay. a bigger story, and I really love yeah. it. And I love how it's told, especially in the beginning, because it's more shown than spoken. Okay. Like, you see his life. You see the devastation left behind. It's got the happy music, and then it just shows brown yes. earth, which is terrifying. Wally is a great example of show versus talent. Yeah. Yes. And um, the main antagonist of that movie is a physical thing. But it's also a concept, and the yes. main pro- mm. antagonist of this movie is Us. autopilot, mm. and going on directive. autopilot. Mm. Yeah, and it's going. It's just going this one path, never deviating, never finding and discovering the joys of life. Because you're referring no how humanity goes on autopilot, lets the yes. world, you know, that's how trash. everything burns. It's, yeah, it's, it's just that's how everything burns. The auto, the autopilot, <laughs> the autopilot is sin in our case, but in this movie. The only so Wally, those robots have been on the earth for what 700 years, yeah, something like that. And crazy he like is that. the only unit that we know of that is still alive. And you ask why, what makes it different? Mm-hmm. And he is the only one that does not go on autopilot, yeah, because yeah. he deviates, he does his job, so he doesn't deny who he is, yes, he has not denied his identity, he hasn't tried to go against it, he does his job, but. It's the things he finds along the way, the things that um, bring joy, that are funny. And along with that, the thing that he wants the most is unity and like friendship, communion or community. Yes. A love interest because he always watches the Don't we all? video of the dancing and also the holding of the hands. But if you see his his cargo bay where it's supposed to keep all the Wally robots, he fills mm-hmm. it with just the, the stuff, things that he yeah. finds interesting. Yeah. And it is a beautiful romance story because... Yeah he meets this woman who's completely different than everything he's ever experienced, yet they find commonality and joy and fun. At first, she's like just some cold-looking robot that's on a mission, but when yeah. she comes into the trailer, everything he's discovered, she puts something new on it, and she shows him a different angle. That he yeah. never, like the lighter, 
the the light bulbs can can light up. She does mess up the VCR. He <laughs> destroyed the VCR. He fixed it. He fixed it. But it's so cool how they complement each other like that. Yeah. And then there's the dancing. Um, I like the movie the whole way through, and the, and yeah. the sacrifice at the end, and just yeah. how. Well, there is something very biblical about that ending, in the sense of like uh, we have to sacrifice something. There, there's things we have to sacrifice mm-hmm. to make the future better. The sacrifices that they were willing to make to preserve the last bit of life, life. Yeah. that they had, yeah. you know, with the plant, yeah, um, and then the hope that that gave of of a, of a plant. I mean, it's obvious symbolism, but for. For adults, we appreciate it because we know this happens in our world. Yeah. And for kids, this is a great way to teach them a lot of these concepts mm-hmm. you're yeah. mentioning. And it also shows that it's neat. Like it's when we find that joy that Wally does, it makes no difference if it's kept to ourselves. Like mm-hmm. he spreads it. He spreads it to John. He spreads it to the woman, and it knocks them out of their autopilot. Yes. And they like start looking at the world around them. They're like, "We have a pool. What's up? Let's hang yeah. out." And it knocks the captain off his butt. And he actually steps up on his own two feet and takes over the wheel. And that's when the story gets, and when he takes all control of his life. Yeah, yeah. that little dirt Genesis. robot got out of his, got, I remember that got off his path uh, and started following Yeah, Wally. Yeah. But yeah. He, the, in the middle of the movie, he does that with all the robots mm-hmm. and all the, the misfit robots and, too. And the more that time goes on from that movie, like the stuff where they're in front of screens is mm-hmm. like becoming even more chilling. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, all the screen time they're having and I'm just like, ooh. This yeah, this is way worse than it was when it yeah. came out. I like when they're floating in space and he's got the air the yes. fire extinguisher and the lines are crossing each other. Yeah. yeah that's my, my that's probably my favorite it's part. Such a good that's one. good. It's just good filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. And then he's even watching the video about dancing as like it's mm-hmm. happened. It's, it's I was shocked when I first watched Wally and I was like, wow, there's like really no dialogue for a long time. Yeah. It's amazing. And I'm like, wow, yeah. I'm really impressed. And that's the thing is like when Pixar like impresses me, they can impress me even more than than Disney, you mm-hmm. know? That's a great example. Claudia, Nick, who wants to go next? You go. Rock, paper, scissors. All right, Nick one. All right, go, Claudia. <laughs> All right, so my favorite uh, Disney movie is actually Mulan. <gasps> Yay, somebody's yeah. talking about Mulan. I oh, I'm love so happy. Mulan. Yeah. So fun story, when I was in high school and a sophomore, I had super long hair and I watched Mulan and was inspired and I chopped my hair off. <gasps> really? I yeah. See that montage. <laughs> I know, right? I love the story of Mulan. She sacrificed for her family, and it's really funny. So I think the the stereotypical as a girl, you love the scene when she gets all of her makeup done, her family takes her, and it's this. She's fulfilling her role as a woman in that time and age, and she is getting ready to get a husband, and then she completely destroys it after that. And mm. does a horrible job, and that is my most favorite part of the whole movie. Mulan is like the type of deconstruction and subversion that I like. Mm. You know? Oh yeah, because what it builds. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> what it builds though is it builds an incredibly strong character because because Mulan took the mic from me. <laughs> because Mulan, because what I love about Mulan is that like she is a character that. She has a sense of agency. And I think that's something that all the Disney 90s Renaissance films have in common and why I think we like them so much is they're about characters that are active and they take action despite what others think around them. And 
and that sense of agency that Mulan has. And even though like, like it acknowledges that she has to step into this other world and it's a struggle for her, but it shows how much she's willing to go through um, to get it. And it's like, there's, you know, there's consequences in Mulan. Like she could save somebody's life, but it also is going to expose her, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of just good storytelling in Mulan. But anyways, I'm sorry. I'm just glad you're talking about Mulan. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. But anyways, I, yeah. keep going. Yeah. I love, I love the sacrifice in that movie. And I mean, of course the, the love story between her and what's the, what's the main character's name? Shang. Oh Yeah. Yeah, that's well, not a traditional like romance either. Yeah, that of course is a great, great story in and of itself. Um, and then in the end, people see that Mulan did what needed to be done, and in the mm-hmm. end, she saved so many she people. Saved China, yeah, by mm-hmm. stepping out of the box and doing what was morally right in saving her father's life and ultimately saving the emperor's life. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone wow. is yes. Yeah. Mulan is your- wow. Hey, Donnie. Yeah. (laughs) Not on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Only the the real viewers will know about that reference. (laughs) So is it uh, it fair to say then, if Mulan is your favorite of these, is she your favorite Disney princess? It's, uh, she it's a tie between Mulan and Pocahontas. She's more of a warrior. So... So That's why she's the best. What yeah. so this this kind of little sidebar here, but I think this might be good to talk about yeah. since we're talking about Mulan and and whatnot. So first of all, Mulan is like the least traditional because she's technically not really like a Disney princess. She's kind of like just a nobody who you know, like right, just does the right thing. Um, yeah, but, she does, but, but she like, has a sidekick though. She has yeah. a dragon. Yeah, yeah every princess does. has and a sidekick. And she sings and all that stuff. Yeah, she sings. When you look at Disney princesses, right? What are your I don't know, like, what are your thoughts? Like, what are the better tier of Disney princesses versus, like, the lesser tier ones? I think, oh, okay, so there's a really cool thing with princesses is that you have part of the story in all of them. So you have Cinderella. She has the contrast between she's, like, a a hardworking scullery maid, and then she's a beautiful princess and promoted to living in a castle. Uh, All of them have just a different... They work, they're dirty, then they're really pretty, and they're really, like, pronounced. I don't know a better word. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I think the story sort of destroys itself in that the traditional Mm. view of women is that women are really beautiful and women are really pretty, and that's all there is. But most Disney stories with a princess have the backstory of what really makes her character stand out, what makes her personality, and it's usually not them getting really dolled up and them getting really pretty. It's them doing things that build character and build is it volume. fair to say that there's a lot of disney films and princess films out there that really the focus is on the beauty of it like i think like in terms of like it is your beauty that saves you it's your beauty that it was the beauty that killed the beast that it's reference? not that's actually not what happened no it was no. the king kong guys come on <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you know, but there's this idea of like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and yeah. Cinderella where there are these characters that need, you know, men to come and change their lives. But because they are beautiful, they get that, you know, I so, think I think part of that's true. I think like naturally men and women are attracted to each other. But I think, too, I think most Disney movies do a good job of adding character and value to whatever princess they are building, whatever character they're building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the whole other aspect of it where like the animation is really unrealistic and you have 
Mm. different features like in the movie frozen their eyes are huge and it's this unrealistic portrayal of beauty and what a human looks like and it's really unrealistic and it doesn't look like how people normally look because i always had like an issue even though i'm not a woman but i always had this issue like even growing up with some stories of just like oh they just met and they are instantly in love instantly and they're going to get married and in a month. And, but, but, here's, I mean, but here's why I'm bringing this up, though. I mean, the, technically in those movies, they're like teenagers. And that's what teenagers do. Just instantly in love. Aladdin and uh, Jasmine were like, I think Jasmine was, what, 13 or or 15 or something like that. And Aladdin was but 18. They, but yeah. So, so first yeah. of all, if you talk about age differences, there's some wacky they're age differences. Wacky. Some oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But at least with Aladdin and Jasmine, there is a bond that they share. And that's that whole scene where they're on the rooftop and they're like, sometimes you just feel trapped. Like there are there are actual bonds in their story that bring them together. But I, I don't think that's true for all these matches in these movies. But here's why, like as a guy, because you might they we might not like talk about this as much as guys. But that idea really messed with me as a kid. Because I like legit thought that's how the world worked. That's how I thought romance was. Like I thought like there's a pretty girl at my school and you know, if we talk a couple times, we'll we'll go out and and I and then we'll get married one day. Like I know it sounds funny, but that's seriously how my 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 mind was was like in second grade i'd be like oh we're gonna get married and live happily ever after and then like when i actually had conflict like when i got older i was like very i would kind of go like what's wrong like this is because you don't Mm, see that in a lot of these stories you don't see the conflict yeah you know except like which i like when I was in fifth grade, I went to go see the play Into the Woods uh, in a field trip. I heard that that was a really terrible, and actually. No, <laughs> Into the Woods is amazing um, um, because it basically goes with all these fairy tales and it shows that when the story's over, the fairy tale ends, that doesn't mean that life is happily ever after. And Into the Woods was the first like fairy tale like type of story where I was actually challenged to... like look at that and be like, oh, so just because I get married, that doesn't mean all my problems go away. It's like the Shrek franchise because they show it after with the babies and then they have a trouble in there. Right. Stuff like that. That's funny, actually. Yeah. 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 Shrek is good. So I don't know. I bring that up to say that even as a guy that did something to me growing up with these stories and I'm trying not to, I'm trying to teach my, my daughters a little differently now. That that's not necessarily how life works and the story doesn't always end right when the credits roll, you know? Mm. So, yeah, but I bring that up because that stories affect us in that way. And even if we're not careful, we can, because I didn't know that that's what was affecting me, those ideas. Yeah. But I realized that they were. So I'm sorry for the tangent, but Claudia, any thoughts on Mulan or fairy tales, princesses, any of this stuff we're talking about? No, no, I love the conversation, but no, no further thoughts right now. Okay, great. So what you're saying is then you were deceived by the fantasy story. Going back to the conversation we were having before. Is it fairy tale? Sorry, is it fantasy or fairy tale? I think I took took away (laughs) some of the wrong messages because I don't think those movies are intentionally... Because Walt Disney was married, obviously he didn't know. He knew that that's not how life worked. But I think there's unintentional consequences with stories sometimes. So then, is there value in that fairy tale story where the romance happens all at once, or um, you don't see all the conflict, but you see this sense of true love? 
Is that something that should be displayed? I think it should, but I think there's there's time, things that do it better than than others, you know? Because Aladdin, like Aladdin and Jasmine, there's trust. And that's the central part of their conflict. And for any relationship, mm-hmm. you need trust. And Tangled is another great movie where I think the the romance, yeah. again, the age difference is pretty weird. Yep. But but um but this idea of them actually spending time together, together and actually having to talk through things would, and have conversation. Would you say Tarzan and Jane are a good relationship then? I've only seen Tarzan once and I'm not like a big fan of the movie, so I can't really like say because I don't I don't know it too well. But would you say that? Um I would kind of say just because of the time aspect, you know, it they they go about it. Yeah, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I almost want to keep that in. Yeah, oh my gosh, please. Please. Can you pause? That was that was our niece. Uh. That was the niece. Um so I was saying, yeah, just because of the time that was going throughout it, you know, they got to spend time with each other. But again, sometimes I can understand where you say like it it sometimes feels rushed with the relationship. Just automatically they just oh, we've just met, you know, the day before and now we're just in love. Yeah. I are, think oh. Are those so just I'm trying to think through this because there must be value to these stories. They're so popular and they yeah, do yeah. resonate. Of course with us. there are. Are they aspirational? Uh, relationships like the aspirational hero or character. Ooh, is this I never asp- thought of it like is that. Is this an aspirational thing that we look to to where love is like this I think in so. a sense? Yeah. Love is something that is like magical and beautiful and there are princes, there are kings and queens, you are one. It's not mm-hmm. all, this is so destructive, we need to see all the fights and the bickering and the mm-hmm. conflict right, right. resolution. Mm-hmm. But there's we're gonna get enough of that. Yeah, but there is something <laughs> pure and falling in love with somebody and just like just enjoying that f- pure-hearted love. I just thought because that, that is true as well. Yeah. That is that is very uh-huh. that is true. Yeah, I'm glad you're saying that. Hmm. I just thought of it and I was like, this is this That's is this yeah, is, that is the good. Luke form of uh, <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> and what you want is the deconstruction <laughs> of it. What you really want is the yeah, last yeah. Jedi. No, okay, no, no, I'm, no, I'm done. No. I'm done. Hit him. I'm taking the mic. Taking the mic back. No, 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 no. I think I think that's good. I'm really glad you brought that up though, because I I agree with that. I do think there is an aspirational side in some of these in some of these in some of these relationships. And again, it's just it's just about like being being discerning. You know, I don't know. I think there's just certain Disney movies that I think there's questionable messages that we can all take away. But yeah, I think that aspirational side of it is is just as true. I think it's both. I, th- I think one that actually does this pretty well is Frozen. Rational, oh yeah, we just met, everything lines up. And they're like, no. Yeah, they yeah. have the really like, funny well, yeah. song. And then it ends up being, no. <laughs> and it deconstructs that and says, yeah, this doesn't always work out. But then the bond and the trust is formed with this other guy that's just a filthy ice trader. Yeah. <laughs> filthy <laughs> is the word used. But yeah, even then, they, uh, what was what you call it? At the end, he wasn't even genuine to begin with. He was he was uh, deceiving her the whole time. No, yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. the 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 aspirational type was um, broken down as he was deceiving, but the right, one that right. was genuine was the guy Christoph or something. Christoph yeah, Christoph was with her through the filthiness, through the fight, mm-hmm. um, yeah, through the struggle. He was with her through the hardest times, and yeah, I also liked how it wasn't. The romantic interest that saves the day—it was the sisterly bond. Yeah, yeah. Yes. like that was yeah. the true yeah. love. That, and, and, that, yeah, that they're is. they're trying, but Frozen does have a big glaring issue that I'll talk about later when I get to my <sighs> yeah overrated. 
We'll get there. I'm really excited to hear about that. But I want to hear about Nick, though, because Nick hasn't said his favorite yet. Nick, you want to hear about it? It's The Last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) What is a Disney film? I can make it. I can spin it somehow to make it work. It sure is a Disney film. Ray could be a Disney Disney princess. princess. Yeah. (laughs) Who comes from from nothing? You're nothing. (laughs) All right. It's my turn. I want to talk about Up. Yes. But I don't right. want to talk about Up's story. I couldn't even really tell you the story. It's about a spirit <laughs> of adventure. It, it, for, up for me is not about the story. Okay. Up for me is about this house with these <laughs> balloons that lift up off the ground. And this old man just waves goodbye to everything <laughs> yeah. and goes after what he's longing for. Yeah. But mm. um, I've been trying to figure out why I like this movie so much. Because it in the middle... it. When when I first was so watching excited. it, the first like half hour, I was like, "This is the best Pixar movie. This is better than Wally." Uh-huh. But then in the middle, I'm like, "No, this kind of messes around a little mm. bit. Yeah, it starts to fall off." Um, but I'm like, "Why do I like this movie so much?" And so like, it's mostly the imagery mm. of all these colorful balloons in this house. So basically, <laughs> I, I took this book off of Derek's bookshelf, and it's the C.S. Lewis book about story. Same book. Uh, yeah, but he says this. He says this about fantasy. Um, he says, fantasy land arouses a longing for he knows not what. Mm-hmm. And I think what Up does is just arouse a longing for something not of this world. Mm. No matter how good our life is, and I, I love my life. I love yeah. my friends, mm-hmm. my job, yeah. my work. Yeah. Um, but still, be cool I want balloons dip. on yeah. my house, <laughs> and I just want to go <laughs> yeah. because I don't belong to this world. Yeah. We don't yeah. belong to this world. Mm. He goes further, and he says, um, he says, the boy reading the school story... Uh, desires success and is unhappy when the book is over because he can't get it. But the boy reading the fairy tale desires and is happy in the very fact that he is desiring. Mm. And I can watch mm. up and just be happy Desire, in the very fact yeah. of watching something that I'm longing for deeply inside. Sure, yeah. sure. It says, for in his mind, his, not, his mind has not been concentrated on himself as it often is in the more realistic story. So I just really like that part of that that story yeah. i also like the beginning montage i rewatched it oh, recently of mm-hmm. oh, man. and when she loses the baby my, yeah. like yeah. i knew I was, it was coming yeah. and then I, and my still, jaw still dropped yeah i was like wow this hurts yeah but i think kids need to see that yeah mm-hmm. and so yeah. we were talking about that before um we live in such a broken world we can't shelter them from evil yeah but as long as there are the knights and the the princes and the heroes of the story that come and save the day um, they know that they win. That I think of some of the kids that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, we were out at Family Dollar, and there was so much evil in this store. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, we can't shelter them from darkness. Mm. As long as they they know that there is light, that they are that, light, and that there is light that pushes that darkness back. Yeah. That is the healthiest way to that, tell them. That's the story. exactly why. Because he wasn't mm. Walt Disney wasn't saying like give them a happy ending because it'll make them happy or mm-hmm. because that's how life is. It's because in children it's important to inspire hope, yeah, to instill yeah. hope in them, and we need to show them through stories that even on our darkest days there's still things worth fighting for and there's still things worth hoping in. Mm. I think, um, and that's the. That's the good side of the fairy tale romance. Yes. Mm-hmm. That there is so much hope that this is such a beautiful thing in the world mm-hmm. is trying to tell you because of our trauma and the things we come from broken homes that we mm-hmm. need those stories mm-hmm. to to reimagine what what love is like. Yeah. I think a really beautiful scene in that movie that shows that 
is right after the scene where she's burying her face in her hands in the in the doctor's office, and then he sees her outside just by herself on the chair, like her eyes are closed and she's just drowning in sorrow. But he comes up behind her and he reminds her of of the other things, the mm-hmm. dreams that she had, and that's the turning point, and that's yeah. the hope, yeah. mm-hmm. beating the sorrow. Like we lost this, we're not gonna have this. But it's not the end. Right. It's not the end of joy. It's not the end of us. Yeah. Like we yeah. are still together and we can still live this life. I love that. And and love each other. And so then to get back to the story of up. So it is about grief. It's about yeah. overcoming mm-hmm. grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really cool that at the very end she's like, Go live a new adventure and all of a sudden he finds himself on this blimp with his kid and this dog and like it's ridiculous <laughs> but you don't realize that in the midst of our sorrow there's so much still in front of us yeah that yeah. is really beautiful mm-hmm. so there is a good story there but f- just the idea of of this inner longing coming out through this film more so than any other uh for me at least i found most fascinating with up yeah what do you think of the image of at the end where he sees the house and the balloons just <gasps> fall oh. into the clouds it's not like when it goes up into the clouds. <laughs> but, well, yeah, that's why I want to know what you think uh, of that. What does that mean to you? Uh, what does that mean to me? I'm having trouble thinking. Well, that sort of goes with the question I was wondering. Was that uh, his initial dream, you know, beautiful picture that you have of house, balloons, all the colors rising into the sky, new adventure. Uh, at the end it ends with the house going into the bottom and he chooses to save the little boy Russell instead with his yeah. relationship with him. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it goes back to what I was saying is that life is still good. Like there's still so much good here that mm-hmm. we're not in heaven yet and we can still experience yeah. parts of heaven here. Mm-hmm. And so we can let that go for now and hang out with the Russells <sighs> and the Doves. Make me cry, bro. And the Doves <laughs> and the Kevins, <laughs> and, the Kevins. And, and get some Ellie badges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and oh, just you know, still keep going. I, yeah, I love how it. We can't actually, quit. We can't quit. Yeah. He, yeah. So there's there's two sides to it. I love how the house actually does end up on Paradise on that pl- Falls. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's got, having a this moment. old guy is carrying this old house with a hose. <laughs> like none of it. I'm watching this. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It was crazy though, because whenever he would look over to Paradise Falls, I would like he would. I would be like, what? How far is he now? Like, he's back at the starting point. And, yeah. But like he's always looking over there, and I felt like the longing to make it. He's like, can we please go back for the break? And can we do this? I'm like, yeah, but how much time does he have? And he's like looking over there, and like I felt yeah. it when. When uh, Charles Muntz throws the fire under his house to oh, go yeah. after the bird, uh, mm-hmm. the bird, I'm like, no! I said out loud, no, because <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't remember that part. I was just like, you gotta be kidding! No, the house! And the little kid's like, you gave her away, and I'm like, you the house! <laughs> and that's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah, it's, man. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is good. So um, thank you, Nick. That was very beautiful. Um, Up is a great one. You're welcome. Great movie. Um, I think those were all great picks. I liked all your picks, guys. For sure, yeah. Um, And two of your guys' picks are in my top 10 ranking later. Um, So, But um, let's just, and again, just throw it out there. You know, you could just throw it out and share why. Um, You know, not everybody has to go, but if you want to go for these next few rounds, go ahead. Any are there any Disney or Pixar films that you kind of have like mixed feelings about or negative feelings about? So like for example, 
I told you guys when I rewatched a lot of these movies this past few weeks, I changed my views on some of them. So no. I'm going to tell you one that I changed drastically on what okay. I thought of. Oh. So Sorry. I, as a very artsy, music, experimental, like creative type of person, yeah. I've always loved Fantasia. Oh, you know what made you stop oh, liking it? Man. So there was something that happened this last time I was watching it. And I've seen Fantasia many times. Uh-huh. And I've even Addie, God bless my child. <laughs> Addie can watch the entire Fantasia movie in one sitting. Really? Because yes. that it's I know it's pretty it's two hours. Yeah. It's, and but it's a movie with no words. And it's just, music. Different ones. it's just music. There's one Fantasia, right? There's not two different ones. There are yeah. two. So are you talking about the, the older the, one or the, the original? One? Okay. Um, so Addie and I watched it together. And Addie, Culture. we had a beautiful time watching it. Like Addie and I had lots of great conversations because we just talked about life. Some of the, oh. some, you know, we're That's just sitting precious. there and Addie's like talking to me about like we're watching the the hippo alligator scene and she's telling me how she wants to learn ballet. Oh. She's like, can I do ballet when I turn six? You know, I want to talk about and, life with, Addie. you know, and we're talking about uh, the dinosaur scene. She, she yeah. wants to know. Like, I love I so love that what bit. happened to the dinosaurs. Like, why did this happen? And so we're just talking about life. God, and it's really did, beautiful. And. I, I, we even in the last scene with the night of ball mountain and Satan in the scene and stuff, yeah. that was a hard conversation to have is like, what's Satan doing to those people? <laughs> well, he's bringing them back from the dead so he could torture them well, <laughs> again. And, Gotta be real yeah. with it. And then he's <laughs> like, why, why, why are the, why is he going away when, when they're carrying the lights? I'm like, well, you know, so it's beautiful, yeah. like beautiful conversations, but this is what there was something bugging me as I was watching it and I couldn't figure it out. So I actually called my brother and I said, I just rewatched Fantasia and I didn't like it as much as normal. And I don't know why. And I started talking and getting my thoughts. I'm like, what do you think? Are you seeing something? Yeah. Cause my brother is like one of those people who can just listen and he could put his finger right on it. And he said like, this is some of the greatest music ever composed of. And in our comic book, in our Marvel episode, when I talk about comic books, I talk about my favorite medium uh-huh. and music is my other favorite medium um, of art. And the reason why I love music so much is because you can close your eyes and your imagination can create whatever images go with that song. And you can live in a whole, the song can produce a world inside your mind. Yes, yeah. And that, and Claudia, you're a musician. Yeah. So whether you're you playing are? music or listening to music, it's that's that's the beauty of music. And he told me, as we were talking about it, he said like, Fantasia is telling you what to think when you're listening to music. Mm. And I said, that's the problem. Mm. I said, that's it right there. Mm, it is putting something in my head that does not go there and is not meant to go there. Because the composers did not intend for that to go there, nor did the me- medium of music meant to produce that. Because there is music that is created to go with film, like score mm-hmm. or um, like the songs in the Disney songs. This music was not intended for that. It was intended for you to close your eyes and to take you somewhere. And he's like, wow. when you listen okay. to those songs, that's what you see now. And, I, and he said, that's mm. the problem you have with it. Because you know, deep down as a musician, you know, that's not how music operates. And I said, and that's why maybe people struggled with that movie so much. Interesting. Um, 
So yeah, that's what changed is because I realized that takes away. I have the Fantasia soundtrack deluxe remastered mm -hmm. and I put it on and it's beautiful. But being deluxe told, and remastered. But, yeah, <laughs> yes. Deluxe edition and it's remastered. And but because the music is amazing. But yeah, I realized that like I don't want to be told what to think when I listen to music. That's not made for that. No, I think that's a great point. I think definitely as a musician, you have this really cool connection with music that I talk to friends that don't play instruments and they, they don't listen to music the same way. So I, that makes sense that that would be just really hard or yeah. different. And I can admire the technical stuff and all that it brings and the way, I mean, it's, it's beautiful sure, animation yeah. and yeah. I can, I can admire all that, but in terms of like being a favorite of mine or being something really special to me, it kind of lost that. Um, so that's interesting. Dang. It oh. is right. Yeah, that's, oh. It just goes to show that we can think differently about things that even meant a lot to us. Yeah. Do you guys have anything like that? That's changed your view has changed on it or anything that you have mixed feelings about, or maybe just think is. Well, I say mixed feelings is with Incredibles too. Okay. Um, really? Yeah. I really? it's, it's, it's okay. It's yeah. just an okay. I'm, I'm the same. I would prefer it if we didn't get a sequel. Yeah. To be honest, I could do without it. What was it about it that was mixed for you? It just felt like it felt as though it was a, it was something that just didn't need to be told. Like I didn't need like to it was see forced. This. Not even just forced. It was like okay, well, this adventure. It didn't. I, I guess it didn't live up to the hype. It wasn't the story yeah. you needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I just, you know, yeah. it just, it didn't live up to the hype. It's like, okay, we're making Incredibles 2, but this just Incredibles 2 is a villain that is like a rehash, a discount rehash of the last villain. Wait, who is the villain in Incredibles the screen, 2? The screen, exactly. screen slaver. Yeah, screen slaver. Yeah. And she, exactly, well, a lot of people, see? a lot of people yeah, were saying with Incredibles cringe. 2, like, Oh, doesn't it make Elastigirl such a strong female character? I'm like, did you she watch was, the first, first movie? Yeah. She already was. Yeah. She was, she was yeah, just... Yeah, she's the boss mom She was and amazing a in the first movie. She was holding the family together. She was throwing hands. Literally. Mm -hmm. Guts. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Incredibles 2 yeah. for you? Just pretty much that. Just didn't... It wasn't necessary to me. Okay, yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Have have a filmer. Yeah, this might make Joseph upset. It actually made me upset. Please go ahead. It's not that I thought this movie was bad. It's just I held it up really high, and then now it's just kind of a little high. And that would be The Incredibles one. Oh, that's, right. yeah. that's okay. It's it's not that like I'm I didn't fight. like it. Guts. And I think and I will say maybe it was because I was a little distracted. I was trying to watch it while doing other things. Um, I was still invested, but. It was it was good, but it was just good. And I think I missed some of the themes. Maybe I didn't see them because I remember remembering Incredibles. Yeah, I loved it. I'm like I love, and honestly, I still do Fantastic really love Four it. and Watchmen for I kids. I was just gonna say <laughs> it's literally just the best version of Fantastic Four. Yeah, I yeah. Like, the thing is, I liked the realism of the bad guy grunts that are not just you hit them once and they're done. Like they almost died a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. um, There's a high body count in that movie. Yes, high body like count. Really high. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Syndrome gets blenderized. It's crazy. I, I, yeah. I still, yeah. I still like when I see that part. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when that happens. Yeah. 
Um, or just that montage of all the heroes dying. Yeah, yeah that was really sad. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. I almost want to take mine back. It's, it's, <laughs> no, no, no. No, I know. No, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm going to sit. I'm going to double down. Books. I think it's because so, I had it up where Wally is, and now it's just down a That's little. understandable because so things can change. Yeah. yeah. I, for My me, opinions are all still right. For me, I think the good movies are good movies. <laughs> Um, for, I'm see, still never wrong. For me, when I, I rewatched like. Incredibles last right. week, <laughs> when, when I rewatched it, it hit harder for me. Like I could fully see that, like now clearer. Like Mr. Incredible, that struggle. Like you love your family, but you you have this thing that you weren't able to do before mm-hmm. that you miss and you want to get back to. And you know, like, I'm like, that could happen to me. Just like some of the fam, like the Incredibles. Cause I, okay. We haven't talked about this yet, but Disney hates moms. Moms? Moms. Oh yeah. They kill Wait. them all. Yes. They, they kill them all for like. They, dads get off a little better in Disney movies, but moms. Well, you have this, yeah, this the evil stepmom in Cinderella. Yeah, mom, moms are either the villain or they're absent from the, their lives. Not in Treasure Planet. Yeah. Not okay. in Treasure Planet. Okay, She's actually. But, there in the main support for the boy. So, okay. you know, that's just but for the most top part, tier already. They're, like, Tori, like Tori and I had this conversation when we were watching Incredibles is like, how many movies have a good mom? Like someone who's just a good parent. Yeah. And like, that's what I love about the Incredibles is like, yes, it shows the dysfunctions of the family, but ultimately they're trying to be good parents. And, yeah. you know, like as a parent, I appreciate that, that balance of shown there. And I know Tori as a mom appreciates that in that movie. Um, cause a lot of the times the parents in Disney movies are terrible. Yeah. They're either terrible or they're non-existent. And I know that's true for life, but we need to have like good at least some yeah. decent parents. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. Well, Lion King had a really good mom in Lion King. Yeah. She was yes, not really that's active. That's one of the exceptions. Mom. That's yeah, an exception. Bro, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. I agree. I'm having so, a moment. I'm li- thinking about all the movies that moms are either absent or killed. And that's very true. Like Bambi, yeah. the mom is killed. Mulan. She's pretty passive. Mm. Uh, Cinderella, evil stepmom, mama died. Sleeping Beauty, they ship her, their daughter off to go live with fairies for yeah, 16 she's, she's gone. years. Hikey. I'm like, are you kidding me? She doesn't even know who her parents and her parents are right there. Oh, Tangled too. Yep. No, they're well, well Tangled's they different. She gets kidnapped. Yeah. Like her she like the parents just don't know oh, because that's right. it's not a real mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mother Gothel. She's still, which I think is one of the best Disney villains best. though. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Like the way that She's movie horrible. explores abuse. <laughs> um, but yeah. So any, any, I don't know anyone else like got a, a film you've kind of changed your opinions on or anything before we get to overrated, underrated. I have a solid opinion on not liking the original Alice in Wonderland. Ooh, I'd love to hear why. It as a kid, it terrified me as a kid. That and Wizard of Oz just You and Tori need to be friends. Yeah. She hates those films too. Completely okay. just wrecked me as a kid. Could not watch them, had nightmares all the time. But don't you watch Harry what, Potter? What, love Harry Potter. Okay. What about what about <laughs> those scared you? Go into that. Yeah. I okay, so Alice in Wonderland, the the stereotypical, she falls down the hole, this like psychedelic world that she's the, anima- yeah. the animation is great in that movie it, was, it holds the animation up so was well. great and i loved like i love the tea party scene like yeah. the, the chaos in that but the fun and like whimsicalness but yeah her falling down the hole was just terrifying and then the wizard of oz something about the yellow brick road was just wrong it will it's a those well what those worlds have in common is they're worlds that look very whimsical but they're very yeah. cruel on the inside mm-hmm. that's what both those stories are about is the cruelty within 
you know? Um, and in Alice in Wonderland, you have the queen. Oh, the queen's going to help me. No, the queen is terrible. Oh, she's, and yeah. There's a lot of good commentary in Alice in Wonderland that I like. And there's a lot of good writing, like technical writing in there. But yeah, I understand just being married to someone who can't stand Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I understand where that comes from. So you guys want to go to overrated, underrated? Yeah, let's go to yeah, overrated. Yeah, sure. All right, so... Uh, so Treasure Planet. Hey, so let's... <laughs> Let's talk about Brew. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, they enchant that movie, so you keep singing the song. Um, I I like a song. Chocolate I like Bruno. I like Bruno. The Bruno song gets catchy. But <laughs> that entire movie, people were like, oh, That's it's such song. a good... Bro, don't disrespect the Bruno song. <laughs> I don't disrespect All right. Bruno. <laughs> but that movie, the movie's message mm-hmm. is, to me, how I perceived it as, you're not special... Unless you have a talent or unless you have a gift. There's nothing special about you if you don't have it. Let me explain why. Take the mic. Take the mic. Let me explain why. So this family. Get the popcorn. So this family has powers and this entire city surrounding this family can't do anything and depend on that family to do everything. Once they start losing their powers, it's like, oh, my identity are are tied to this power. And I don't have any other identity besides that. And the grandma enforces that. Afterwards, when um, they lose their powers and the day say blah, 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 they get their powers back. Mm -hmm. And the one that didn't have powers to begin with didn't even get powers as well. Yeah, but that's the whole point. That's the whole point. But if they really want to show that powers don't matter... No one should have got powers, and they should have just been like, okay, the whole tr- uh, the whole village worked together, and you can do other things without powers. But giving them powers reinforces it doesn't matter if you do have power or if you don't have powers. It only matters to the people that do have powers, and those people are, are in charge <laughs> of the village. So yeah, no one's gonna want to watch a movie where no one has any powers and the village works all well together. That, but that's, that's the, not gonna sell any tickets. But in yeah, the but theater. the end of the movie, I'm talking about the end of the movie should have been. What's up? Don't you think Encanto is overrated? Because at Satan, the end, no. it's I was gonna say Come it's Satan. Here, Autumn, you do you like Encanto? Do you like Encanto? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why though? Alright, we can move on actually, because that's all. Yeah. <laughs> so that just means Joe's wrong. Spoken. Yeah. But no, what's it called? I just um it it doesn't show a very healthy family because even at the end, there's no real reconciliation between the whole family. Yeah, Claudia's got something. Yeah. yeah, I completely disagree really? with everything that you're saying. Listen, the grandma the grandma may have said, oh, I'm sorry. Everything you just said was wrong. <laughs> the grandma may have said, I'm sorry that, you know, I treated you guys harshly and stuff like that. But the whole family did not stick up for each uh for that uh for the person they didn't stick up for each other no because they didn't understand that they needed to they were all like oh mary bell doesn't have powers like they pitied her and that was really sad but no the anti-climax the anticlimactic end when mm-hmm. she gets she gets the knob and the house is rebuilt and everything's great and she puts the knob in and nothing happens like she doesn't get a power like that's the beautiful part is that she doesn't have powers but she's a part of a family and everyone was there to witness that but so everyone no, else got no, no, their no, no, powers no. Well, the, the house isn't like the house is her power like and, yeah because she yeah. keeps the family together yeah that's that's what i took away from it and witchcraft <laughs> and it was it was like reconciliation from the original scene when the house house had crumbled and she didn't have a ceremony because her ceremony went to shams because she didn't get a, a power or a door and then at the end, she got this whole ceremony with just her family, and it was really beautiful. Mm. Because, but the, mm. I, I get what mm. you're saying, Joe, but you could take that idea that you're saying, and you could even apply that to something like The Incredibles, 
because the boy who didn't have any powers actually becomes the villain and causes, you know? So it's like there is this subtle message in The Incredibles, like the incredible people are the ones with powers and those Mm -hmm. who don't either can't save themselves or turn into the villain. It's complicated. And I, my relationship with Encanto is complicated because I don't know how I feel about it. Interesting. And I've seen it several times. I think the songs are pretty good, but um, that's a tough one for me because there's something about that movie that is, does not click with me or I don't yeah. engage with it and I can't figure out what it is yet. I haven't figured it out. It's, it sort of feels It's the family forced. dynamic. Like, it sort of feels like there's not a lot of substance, although there is a lot of substance in that movie. It just feels, like, generic in a way. Yeah, I think I think, I think I know what it is. I think it's coming to me now. Okay. There are some things that Disney makes mm-hmm. that I don't think work best as films. Okay. Because, like, if you think of the medium of theater and Broadway, right? Yeah. Which is where they dabble in with these songs... The key, the thing that's cool about a a theatrical production is you get more time for dialogue with characters. There's more of an emphasis on that in theater and musicals. Mm -hmm. And Encanto is something that I feel like would be better if it was all fleshed out, like over like a two and a half hour Broadway show with the songs and the sets and stuff. It could make a really cool play, but I feel like there's a lot of things with the characters that aren't developed well. I still have to say that this that this family is horrible. They kick <laughs> they kick the uncle out. One of the kids knew yeah. that the uncle was still living in the house and said nothing for years. Yeah, she said she did. They say had Maribel live in a room just because she didn't have a power, and they had she had to share a room with each person or each child until that child got a room. That family's trash, and they did not stick up for each other, and they took a family photo without her. The family's mm-hmm. trash. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, the family sort of sucks, but they the couldn't help trash. it because the grandma was hurt. Yeah. And the grandma was like trauma, the key huh? figure. Yeah, it all goes back to trauma. And mm-hmm. there's childhood It goes wounds. back to how power and authority uh, can over, uh, what's it called, can overshadow the trauma. And it's always a simple and, they got and their powerful powers back. solution of that. You just got to forgive so, and love and choose to love someone. So besides besides Encanto, what are, what are some other ones you guys have? Overrated. Well, Jason wanted Ch- to go. Chicken Little. Even if it's at oh 30%, gosh. it's still overrated. <laughs> that is the last one on the list. Agreed. 30%. That's all I got. Generous. I'm going to kick Chicken Little even said, when it's down. He said even though it's a 33 Chicken still Little overrated. might be the worst Disney movie. You are the, you are the village. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It's okay. Huh. It's Jason, pretty weird. We're his two weird friends. Yeah. J- Jason, did you have one? Overrated? Is overrated? Yeah. I don't think I've thought about that one completely yet. Because I, I could it. talk about I could talk about how the Pixar formula is overrated because it's all the same movie. So you're supposed to pick one movie? No, oh, I, I want to hear I about that. I will pick one movie. The Pixar he's thir- he's one yeah, movie. he's picking one for you. Yeah, I am <laughs> picking one point. movie because all Pixar movies, almost <laughs> all Pixar movies essentially have the same formula. Well, that's let's, just like... Let's, let's give... Uh, some like inanimate thing or non-human thing, and let's uh, let's have them get lost with a buddy and find <laughs> try to find their way home. No way home. Yeah, that's that's every Pixar movie, and I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, they got to find their way. Was gotta, Aladdin like that? They got to find. Aladdin's, Aladdin's on Pixar. Oh, Pixar. Oh. But now they're they're besties, so it sort of is now. Up's not trying to go home. 
<laughs> well, yeah, up, up does something. Well, up does something cool with that, you know, and and that's why I think there's a few Pixar like Wally does the formula great. Ratatouille does not do the formula at all, which I love. Remy Ratatouille gets lost. He gets lost, but that's the thing is he does not. It's not a he, let's go and back then he gets home. Found. Ratatouille he home actually he brings home to him. It's yeah, and it's different. It's a sub. It's a subversion and a twist on that formula, which Ooh, I like. Good word. Incredibles has a piece of the movie that's like that, but it's not the whole movie. So there's like my favorite Pixar movies, which it seems like, you know, obvious what they are now because I keep referencing them. But most of them, they're just the same thing. But my overrated Disney movie is Frozen. Yeah. Because I. The first or second? First. Both. But. Okay. Both. But I mean, like, I have to watch those movies so much having two daughters and I love the value of sisterhood and stuff. But, and the things we said earlier, I stand by what you guys said was great. My problem with Elsa or with Frozen is Elsa, the character of Elsa. And it's not even how Elsa starts because obviously she has terrible parents. That's terrible parents in that movie. They whoa, lock- they died. Yeah. No, they no. Could, they before died before they died, they're terrible. Yeah, they're, they're, they're despicable people. Let's lock our daughter in a room, isolate her from society. Like, isolate her. Yes, okay. pun intended. <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. No, what parent would... Let's like, erase our other daughter's memories of the snow yeah, events. Oh, there's just some stuff like as a parent, creatures. it just sits so <laughs> wrong with me. But, but the big thing funny. about Elsa is Elsa... <laughs> Yeah, is a character that's, like ah. it's based on the the snow queen story it's just a real fairy tale mm. elsa is supposed to be the villain within that fairy tale yeah they like, changed it and in the production process she was meant to be the villain the problem was that when they the the songwriter wrote let it go the song was so catchy that they're like we can't give this song to a villain why so they the, completely reworked her whole story villains have like the best songs make her not a villain and that's where this whole twist with Hans came in. That all came yes. later in the development. But my problem oh, is the gosh. idea of Let It Go. The idea of it. It's not just a song that's annoying, but it's this it's this idea that I don't have to take responsibility. It's this idea that because if Elsa was running away from everybody out of her hurt and trauma and, and all that, and in the movie, if the movie told me that this is a moment we need to grieve and all that, mm-hmm. no. But the movie is telling you the opposite. It is telling you that by Elsa running away from her problems, not dealing with the situation, yeah. that she is better off without it. I have a huge problem with that message, mm-hmm. especially for, for young people. Because, and, you know, when we talk about Studio Ghibli movies one day, like Hayao Miyazaki from Studio Ghibli talks about this with Frozen. He says that Frozen is a, is a movie that's just all about, like, how awesome you are. Mm. It's not about, like, let's try to grow and learn and be better. Like, Elsa doesn't, she doesn't even have any agency in the movie because when she goes back to Arendelle, she's brought back there against her will. So, like... She doesn't go back because she cares about Anna. She goes back there because she's forced to. Like, the movie is telling you that Elsa is better off without all this. And Frozen 2 confirms that story. And I know she has trauma and I know she's hurt. But she doesn't actually work through it. She just masks it all. Yeah, that's a really and, good point. Mask and the it way, all. And the way, Mask like... It all. <laughs> And like and, and Anna, I like Anna. Anna's a great character. I think she seriously gets overshadowed in that movie. The movie should have been about her. Mm. 
Yeah, it's not like Lion King where there's trauma and the character, like Lion King is a great example of a story about trauma where Simba has to learn to deal with it, Simba. to heal from it, and then to go make changes on it. Elsa doesn't have any journey, any arc like that. Yeah, the, the love thaws a frozen heart and all that stuff, and some of it is okay, but I'm not saying Frozen's the worst movie, but the message is so muddled. Uh, <laughs> and in incohesive and incompetent. No, I was just saying it, it is funny that um when you mentioned Lion King and how you learned that lesson, but the first lesson he did live after, uh, learn after his father died was, I mean, your father died. Forget about it. Go yes. eat. Go eat some yes. food. Go relax. Go chill. Timon, Matata, Timon and Puma are the real villains of the life. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to help you not deal yeah. with your trauma. Just forget about it, bro. Yeah. But but of course, It'd be like that sometimes. It's a cold world, no blanket out there, bro. But, Just go. But whereas Akuna Matata, yeah, it has a whole song about it. And but there's something about Akuna Matata where when you're watching the movie, you know that that's not the right. Thing. That's mm. not right. It's not the end all say all. Mm. Yeah, you know it's for the moment, but let it go. I just I feel like it's different. I it's, feel like they kind of made a good point that it was bad when she started throwing ice at them and had a golem attack them. I don't yeah. know. I thought it made a pretty clear idea that hey, yeah, that's great, but you're killing everybody by doing this. Yeah. But I think too there's like a really cool the sister dynamic really shines in that because Elsa in and of her character if it was just Elsa and no one else yes that is better for Elsa to I be don't know. away I think from Elsa's people. a pretty terrible sister. Well, <laughs> she, yeah, she's a horrible sister, but then you have Anna who's this like underdog yeah, sister. Yeah, she that, saves the movie. Yeah, she really does save the movie and she saves Elsa and brings her back into the But I don't the world. think Elsa should be a role model for children. I think that's my big issue. She needs to work through some stuff. First. I think I think Elsa is not a good role model. Yeah, and then there's this whole idea with Anna of like, oh, I don't need a strong man, but then I don't she need no, does. I'm strong, independent woman. I don't need no man. Okay, anyone else have an overrated <laughs> movie before we do underrated? Um, Let me see on my list. Hang on. An overrated? High overrated. school musical. Don't ever. We're, we're doing, anim we're doing <laughs> no, animation, so it's, it's got to be animated. Oh, dang it. Um, um, I mean, ooh. Jungle Book. The first, the original, the original. Why? Jungle I like, Book is overrated. Why? I like um, the Jungle Book. I don't, I don't see the hype about it. I really don't see the hype about it. It's okay. I just That's like all, all the animal characters. That's fair. <laughs> I'm fine. I with mean, that Jungle analysis. Book is like a road trip movie for kids. That's kind of what I like about it. Is it's kind of yeah. like, all right, now we're going with the elephants, and there's a lot of Vietnam, like weird. There are <laughs> some non. Yeah, right. there is some. Maybe there is like there Maybe is some weird subtext going on in the Jungle Book. But okay, what about oh, underrated movies? So saying? I'll start off. I'll start off with mine. Hercules. Whoa! whoa wait! 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 Over. Uh, underrated. Oh, underrated. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how people don't have Hercules, Hercules? as yeah. a top tier Disney movie. Um, <laughs> the animation is stunning in Hercules. Some like of the best animation Disney's ever done. All the songs are bangers. The idea of having gospel music go with like mm -hmm. a story yes, of a hero, yes. genius. And Hercules is basically Disney's Superman adaptation. Very, a lot of similarities. And Rocky, a lot of Rocky stuff too in there. Yeah. But Hercules is, it, it butchers Greek mythology and does not do great with Greek culture. But it's a fantastic story. Yeah. It really is. So that's my underrated, at least. I, I love Hercules. That's a top tier for me. My underrated is Atlantis. Atlantis oh, yes. is Ooh, such a good Atlantis movie. Is good. Atlantis, no. is, Atlantis is a great movie. Yeah. The animation of it, the yes. story of it, yes. 
Just oh man, the character, dude. That's a good movie. That's why you like Treasure Planet too. Treasure Planet is that is, is that yours, Jason? Treasure Planet for, for underrated? underrated. Um, no, it's it's rated. Like it's. it's I, I feel like I can defend that one better than Dinosaur. My dinosaur, oh, dinosaur, bro. Dinosaur's trash. <laughs> dinosaur. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Wait, that's the good dinosaur? No, 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 no. That's the same thing I said. No, not okay. a good dinosaur. It's the Carnotaurs. Yeah, it's. it's can I can my, I show you something? My, defen- oh my, my defense of that movie is that I remember that I liked it. Right, I remember liking it when I was growing up. It was good. Yeah. And the, the the Carnotaurs was scary. Yeah, but I can't defend that one as okay, well. Okay. Do you guys see these god awful dinosaur Happy Meal oh, toys? Yeah, these, they look great. I used to have these as a no, not the bottom ones, the, the top of <laughs> the heads. <laughs> Claudia so, likes loved the movie too. So, so I had these as a, a good kid, and I extinction. Yeah. I had these and Happy Meal toys as a kid, and I threw them in the trash. About to get them killed. Man. These Happy Meal toys are worth hundreds of dollars now. Really? Yes, really? from Dinosaur. That makes I, sense. I agree with that. But okay, so wait. So Treasure Planet, it's interesting though with Treasure Planet because Atlantis, Treasure Planet, Hercules, all those movies are like around the same era Every of time. Disney. Yeah. I think Hercules where, was written by the same guys, right? Yes, it's Treasure Planet at mm-hmm. least, yes. But I feel like that era of Disney, and Mulan's in that era too, um, I feel like a lot of those films get under the wayside. Mm-hmm. I'll, You know what? I'll do Treasure Planet. That's easier to defend. Um, yeah, so I would the, say so. So the technology used to film Treasure Planet was like ahead of its time, mm-hmm. and they kind of stopped doing it then because like after that movie, but it was the same... I couldn't tell you what the what the name of it was, but it's the same technology they use for the trees in a in Tarzan. Okay, where he's sliding on the trees, oh, and yeah. it looks like super oh, realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they did that for the mm-hmm. ship and for yeah. John Silver's arm, mm-hmm. and they interlaid it with the actual the, the more traditional animation. But it's the thing is, every time you see any piece of that ship, it's that. 3D animation that's being used. Anytime you see the ship at yeah. all, and when you see John Silver's arm, and it, the thing is, it's not just that they did it at the same time, it's that it looks good. Yeah. At yeah. the same time. The the scenery is beautiful. They have this futuristic <coughs> setting, mm-hmm. but it's also Victorian. And I remember, remember hearing that they wanted the ratio to be mostly Victorian to futuristic. Yeah. <coughs> so it still feels like an old yeah, it's got style to it story yes yeah mm-hmm. it's very stylized and i they they have the they have the broken family in this mm-hmm. but they don't like shun the importance of the father figure mm. and what was really interesting is so the main character his father very pretty explicitly like Left. ups and leaves yeah and he and his mom are in a and I'm not the greatest state owning the inn, and it's kind of getting run down, and he is very clearly acting out, being rebellious, but also his adventurous spirit is in that. Yeah. And later in the movie, the the antagonist becomes his father figure mm. in a way, and he starts filling the role, and he even said, like, didn't your, didn't your pappy ever tell you not to pick fights you couldn't win? And he's like, No. And they change, like, you, they change each other throughout mm-hmm. it, too. Oh, yeah, that's good. You guys sleep on this movie. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, antagonist is pulled bet- the antagonist is pulled and defeated through this, this uh, fatherly love that he starts yeah. to feel. He's torn between the treasure and then his place in Jim's life and Jim's mm-hmm. place in his life. Yeah. And it was, it's just a really cool, 
cool movie um, that doesn't shy away, shy away from from the terrors of sure. space. I mean, there's a dude who literally gets sucked into a black hole and dies. Yeah, yeah and I got other guy who just gets just floats out into space by himself. It's horrifying, but yeah. a really cool movie. And it and again, it show it highlights the importance of a father figure and a mentor mentor figure. And it doesn't just say, "Yep, that's how it is," and we sure. hate dads. It's we we need them. We need yeah. this. And we Nick, understand when it, when it's absent. Yeah. yeah. Nick, Nick and Claudia, how about you guys? Underrated. I haven't seen the last probably eight movies we've been talking about. But, <laughs> but judging by the conversation, my underrated is Encanto, Frozen, and Frozen 2. <laughs> yeah, t- wow. Get out. Get out. <laughs> I got no laughter. You don't put that in there. Yeah. They didn't get any <laughs> For real, I haven't seen any of these, so, so oh, what's the well, just all, of any, but I think everything's, everything's pretty properly rated. Right. I don't think anything's <laughs> like like standing out. What about what are you, Claudia? Uh, underrated, I said, I mean, we talked about up. I think I also put Emperor's New Groove on there. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a cool. pull the lever, crunk. It's <laughs> got some good movie. slapstick. It's oh, almost yeah. more Looney Tunes than Disney at Honestly. times. It was really good. Yeah. Like big, movie. big character development in Cusco. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. That man is selfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I related to him. I wanted to reach in and hit him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to start wrapping up. So let's do our rankings real quick. Oh, and God. then we'll do. <laughs> Jason <laughs> loves rankings. They're all good. So let's do our <laughs> rankings and then we'll end with our meaningful story conversation or uh, kind of monologue, whatever we do at the end. So, um, anyone want to go first? Like, did you, you guys do a top 10, top five, top three, um, collective Disney and Pixar. So okay. you can mix them together, but anybody have, have a list they want to do or. I didn't know we were doing a list. So give me a second. It's all good. I could do my list. Go yeah. On. Do your list. Okay. I can start. All right, so I do have honorable mentions, but if you want to see what those are, you got to go to my Letterboxd account, which is in the show notes, uh, where you could see all my rankings um, for different things and reviews of things that I watch, if you care for that. So my number 10 is Tangled. Okay. Um, easily one of the best Disney princess stories. Of all time. Um, yes. Number nine, Ratatouille. And it's awesome. Rat. It's very mature. Great story. Fun too. Number eight, Mulan. Shout out to Claudia. Yes. Shout out to my wife as well because that's her favorite Disney princess wow. movie too. Number seven, Wally. Shout out to Jason. Number six, Pinocchio. What? It's uh. it's archetypal storytelling at its finest. It's it's a wonderful story about what it means to be human. And if you watch Pinocchio alongside of me, I guarantee you'll at least appreciate it with my commentary. Number five. <laughs> That's what I thought about arrogant. That's honestly. That, I, 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 the only reason why I say it is because Tori and I did that because Tori hated Pinocchio. And I said, you're going to sit down and watch it with me. And then by the time the movies got done, I said, what do you think of it? She's like, well, I don't like it, but I at least understand it in a like respect it, appreciate it now because there is so much that's being said in that movie. That's incredibly profound and great for children. Um, number five is the lion King. We didn't talk about that much today, but just masterpiece all around. Great, great story. Um, number four, Hercules, my underrated number three, the Incredibles. Sorry, Jason. Um, I'm I'm happy with that. (laughs) No, number two, Aladdin. Yeah. And number one, which I have not talked about yet on purpose, because I will talk about it with our meaningful story thing, Soul. Oh. Ooh. 
We'll get there. Ah. All right, so that's mine. My top ten. Who, who wants to go next? I saw Nick. He looked like he was ready. <laughs> uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'll go. Uh, uh, I think I'll go Lion King at the top, and then somewhere below that, Wally, and up, and The Incredibles, and then all the way at the bottom, Chicken Little. Oh my! <laughs> and I think I think that's my list. Let's go. <laughs> That's that's Let's solid. Go. <laughs> all right, Claudia. Okay, so I'm gonna go bottom up. Uh, bottom is well, these are all my favorites in rankings. Yeah. So like, like, is this like a top ten or this top? Is, this is top uh, seven. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, an I only odd had time number. for seven in the past minute. Sounds minute good. Find it's, another it's one. Got- <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah, so at the bottom we have Lilo and Stitch because it's a beautiful, wholesome Ooh. restoration. Lilo and Stitch is good. Uh, above that, I have Peter Pan, Lion King, yeah, Moana. Going up is Inside Out. Second, so penultimate to the top is Pocahontas, and then at the top is Mulan. We didn't talk about Inside Out. That's yeah. interesting. No, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, that's a Very good one. Phenomenal. All right, Joe. Um, so I'll do bottom from the top, uh, bottom to top as well. So it's it's at the bottom, but it's not really at the bottom. So the Brave Little Toaster, um, Mulan, Chicken Little, uh, <laughs> Tangled. Emperor's New Groove and Aladdin. I was bro, okay. something for real. You okay, put that bro. When I tell you, okay, let me tell you why I love Chicken Little so much. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, okay. You need to. Okay, so I I related so much with the with the Chicken Little character. <laughs> the sky is falling. But it's the it's the father and son aspect. The father. <laughs> oh my, come on, y'all. Let me get, let me get up in this, man. <laughs> no, is it because you play too much? Gosh, no bro. one believes. When you first said the father and son relationship, I was like. No. No, but the, here's 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 a father. Here's a father whose wife died and doesn't really know how to connect to his son. Mm. And his son is trying so hard to do things to gain his father's love and to gain his father's respect. Uh-huh. But even through it throughout it, he just keeps his father is still just getting disappointed and disappointed and disappointed mm. in him until his father learns that I need to trust my son and support my son even mm. if I don't think that this is right or I don't think that this or what is going on is actually going on. I need to trust my son and I need to love my son throughout it. I don't care, y'all. Y'all sleep on that, but it gets me each time and I'm in tears, okay? Man. And then when he's like, when he looks up, he's like, Dad, you have to trust me. He's like, I do trust you, son. You know what? Okay, Whatever, that part y'all. was really sweet, it's, actually. It's, that oh that one two-second scene Whatever. was the best. Whatever. I, 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 that's I, it. Yeah, thank you. Oddly, it's me that's with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right? <laughs> yeah, because we're not. <laughs> All right, Jason, la- last but not least, Mr. Rankings himself. Okay, so I'm going to go from the top to the rest. Okay. And top ten, I think. I'm just going to start naming everything I like till I'm out of numbers. Okay, great. So at the top, we've got Wally. Wally. We have Up. We have Ratatouille. We have Treasure Planet. How many is that? Ratatouille's in mine too. I forgot. And then, so those are at the top, unless there's one I'm forgetting. And then after that, I'm just going to name them off Big Hero 6. Oh. That made me cry like a baby. It it was a good one. Um, I did like Lilo and Stitch. What was another one? I. I don't know if I want to put Moana in here yet, but I can't think of the other one. Incredibles is in there. Man, forget it. Moana's in there now. I can't remember okay. the others. Moana's solid. Solid movie. It is good. <laughs> oh, Wreck-It Ralph. I did like Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah. Wreck-It oh, yeah. Ralph. We didn't talk yeah. about that one. And then and Luca. 
Luca's new, oh, Luca, but good. Luca's good. Yeah, Luca's oh, good. Oh, 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 I don't know if I'm out, but I got to put soul in. I did like soul. That's 11. You have to make 12 now. Oh, 12? All right, mm-hmm. cards two. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay, okay that better be. <laughs> oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Zootopia was amazing. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. There's there was a sloth huge scene. twist. The sloth scene is the, hilarious. Yes. The sloth. Flash, flash, 100 yard dash. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Um, so we like Let's to end, one out. We like to end these Why We Love episodes talking about how Pixar and Disney um, inspire us to live a meaningful story. Because as we talk about on this podcast all the time, uh, if we look at our lives like a story, uh, how does that help us to better be intentional about the way that we're living and how do we engage ourselves better and our relationships and the world around us um, with that in mind. And the word meaning is key for me because um, talking about soul, which I have not talked about yet. And Joe, forgive me. I'm sure you get this all the time. That I look like the yes. character. Yes. And your name I, is literally I, Joe. Yeah. I've been... um, I remember oh. we watched that. <laughs> <laughs> thought of you as like this is gonna be your contact but as soon as that movie came out people were texting me left and right you watch soul man you you look like the person from soul thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) but hey take it as a compliment jamie fox is great in that in that movie with that big old head um yep (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah there's something about the pixar aesthetic that i've never loved I just don't like the aesthetic of it. Maybe it's too clean looking or too... It is. It's I, I very clean. Mm. I don't like it. But anyways, soul... soul. <laughs> I didn't believe it, but then I looked it up. <laughs> this is Joe. I wish I had a hat. Oh my we, gotta God. Get, we should get Joe a hat. A fedora? Yeah. A fedora. Okay. <laughs> Yo. So, Your kids could oh. be the little blue things. Oh, that's yeah. cool. The whole classroom. The whole 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 classroom could be the little blue guys. You could be their mentor. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So here's here's what I love about So here's what I love about Soul, and here's how it helps me live a meaningful story. So despite all the Disney films and Pixar films I've watched as a child and in my lifetime, when I watched Soul on Christmas Day 2020, um, I had a reaction and an experience with that film that I don't think I've ever had with another Disney or Pixar film. And that's a film that captured an existential crisis Hmm. that I think a lot of us experience in life. Because the reason why I'm in this work of narrative practices and all things narrative is because I believe that there are people, many people, that are in a meaning crisis right now where they are struggling to see the meaning of their existence and they're taking their lives. They're just passing through life. And in narrative practices, we want people or sorry, I shouldn't say what we want, but we're trying to encourage people to reauthor their lives uh, towards something that's more meaningful to them, whatever that is to kind of rediscover that spark because uh, the movie talks about the spark. And I love this idea that the spark is not your purpose. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most insightful things I've mm-hmm. ever heard told to a, a kid's film. Because a lot of adults don't understand that. Because the spark is your spark. Uh, and, and there's one great thing I read about it where the spark is 
that which makes you human. Like if you watch the movie and you recognize that the spark is that thing that makes you human, you know, whether it's, oh, I like to play music or, you know, oh, I like to paint or whatever it is. But that doesn't mean that that's your purpose. Purpose, or I should say sense of purpose, is something that we can all have no matter where we're at in our lives. Even if I tomorrow got into a car accident and could never play drums again, that doesn't mean that I've lost my purpose. Mm. Purpose, the movie is about finding purpose in existence, finding it from the moments of talking to your friends in a barbershop to eating pizza with people or with Ratatouille. Ratatouille is actually in the movie. I don't know if you saw that. There's a little cameo he makes where he's taking a piece of pizza. It's these little moments. I mean, the whole idea that he's seeing his life through somebody else's eyes is Mm -hmm. genius. And then the fact that... um, he gets the gig. He gets the thing that he feels like he's always wanted. And these Disney and Pixar movies are at their best when they explore the difference between what we want and what we need um, and what we think we want versus what we need. And when what we need becomes what we want, that's when a character has fully grown and developed. Joe thinks he's wanted this this gig and he gets it and the the the, the jazz musician she tells him like about the story the parable about the fish swimming in the water and saying where's the ocean Mm -hmm. and realizing that they've been in the ocean all along and joe realizing that he's been in life all along and he's missed it the moment when he 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 watches his life and he's sad like because he realizes that this is all my life has been i mean i i felt so many things watching this movie um and just this existential crisis that we have and this idea of Joe who's a classroom teacher come on now and he has to <laughs> learn to become a mentor mm. he has to learn to and he actually like grows to love <laughs> he learns to grow to love teaching because he doesn't love teaching in the beginning of the movie Go ahead and preach it on and preach my life feels like you know because he didn't make it he's throwing his life away but he's not he recognizes he finds a sense of purpose in yeah. what he's doing with with 22 and being a mentor that moment when he's on the piano and he puts all these little objects in front of him and just stares at him and cries y'all i've done that before like I've legit like oh, looked at things in my life and I've had these profound experiences wow. where I've realized I missed something mm. and I've and I've be- got, become emotional. I had an experience like that a few weeks ago. Like it's just it's so real to life. It doesn't talk down to anybody in what it's trying to say about meaning and this idea that he you know of going into the um the zone, you know, and when he gets to the zone you know, he finds that 22 has become a lost soul. It's so great plays on words and and has to go in there and help her. Let's, she lets him in, but he still has to confront the trauma that he helped cause with her. Ultimately, I'll end with this. It's ultimately just a movie about what a meaningful life can be. And a lot of people hate the ending of the movie Because Joe, he's ready to die. Because Joe is a character that doesn't want to die. And 22 is a character that doesn't want to live. And it's a great matching of those two. Um, And that's the thing is Joe learns to accept his mortality and make the most of his life. Because he's no longer trying to be an immortal great jazz musician. He's just trying to be Joe. And 22 learns that life is worth living. 
And that's a beautiful story. And when the abstract, the Jerry, the abstraction of the universe, you know, like comes to Joe. The multiple Jerry's. And, yeah. The Jerry, and the Jerry Joe, part was really funny. And, and it shows Joe, Joe the portal back to Earth and lets Joe go back and says, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to live. And I was, when I was watching that movie, I was like, please end the movie, please end the movie, please end the movie. And when the title came up, I cheered because I'm like, they're not going to do a stupid montage of his life getting all back together mm-hmm. like they're just gonna treat you like an adult and just like it's a it felt like a real film movie mm-hmm. like you know like i think it's the best made film um of any of these from a filmmaking perspective but it's so meaningful because it dares to ask the deepest questions that we're asking and it asks it in a way that parents and children can wrestle through together and so that's what i'm after in life and so that's why soul for me um, really, really resonates. That's really beautiful. So anyone else about why, how Pixar and Disney help you to live a meaningful story? I can go. Um, and I'll talk again about Wally, but I, I really can't say it. Wally. Wally. You Wally, said Wally, it right Wally. earlier. Yeah, you did say it right earlier. A Wally. So Wally. Wall- <laughs> e. <laughs> Wally. So that movie uh, helps me live a meaningful story, and it's I really related to the themes that it was talking about, and a bit about that was also in Soul, yeah, where he's just enjoying. Well, twenty two is enjoying just the senses of life, yeah, or something that are beautiful in in and of itself. Like forget the spark, forget anything else. Twenty two spark was just being alive, yeah. And just enjoying the marvels. Do you that do you ever created. felt like do you ever felt like sometimes you pass by those moments and you're I, always just trying to get to what you think is the big thing, but you're I, missing the other things which are the big thing? I, I do feel like that sometimes, but I feel like I make it a pretty big part to enjoy those things. Yeah. Like I feel that when it comes time to slow down and just look around and and be happy with just the things that I can discover that are new and be curious and, and, and look at what has been uh, put there right in front of me. I feel like I do a pretty good job of that and I take a lot of joy in it and it's what has given me a lot of strength and a lot of patience. That's why I started crying the other day in front of y'all. I yeah. Up at, uh, when you were sp- that when was one of those moments for me where I realized this will, n- I will never have this again. Yeah. Wow. And I was trying to pull like what you were saying. I was trying to take it in mm-hmm. and not rush past it because I've been tempted to rush past it mm-hmm. and just get to the next chapter. When you rush past what you're, what you rush towards, what you're supposed to do, you die early. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. what was in Wally. Like everyone that's in is soul. dying yeah, that's what they have in common. They, they are all, just wow. following directive and yeah. and perishing. All the robots before him perished, but he he still did what he was supposed to do, but. He enjoyed life. Wow. Wow. He, he made discoveries. He was curious. He had fun. Yeah. Like joy and the stress of life will kill you very yeah. quickly. Um, and, and studies show that a lot of disease and sicknesses we can have are psychosomatic. They are from yeah. uh, just our mental state. If we get stressed, we get sick. Mm-hmm. But the more joy that we have, the more that we go and say that what I'm supposed to do right here, my job is important, but it's not the all yeah it is it's it's love it's joy it's communing with each other 
Um, it's sharing the things that we love and that we're curious about. Yeah. It's it's dancing with other people in our lives. It's important. Um, it's beautiful. And so that that's that reminding me of that and, and soul reminding me of that and and ratatouille reminding me of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So he's like, You're you're not a thief. Like a, a thief takes, a cook makes. Yeah. And he's talking about how humans are so much more because they don't just have or, or get, they create. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we do. It's not just we have all these ingredients and we just shove them into our bodies as fuel, which the dad is saying. It's like we we make art, we make music. It's not necessary. We don't need it, but we love it, and it's an expression of our love. And just let's let's make more out of what we have. Yeah. So that's what it reminds me of. God, that's beautiful. That's really good. Anyone else? I'll end on one last quote, and it says that when I became a man. I put away childish things, including mm. the fear of being childish and the desire to be a man. Mm. And I think um, that's what the movies do, that mm. we can really grow and learn these deep lessons from these children's stories, but we can also be children. Yeah. And I think especially in Up, where the old grumpy guy gets to be, his life gets turned around by this little kid, Russell. And I think that's what our job has really blessed us with, yeah. mm-hmm. specifically me. Mm. Um, but that's what I get from the Disney movies. Yeah. For mine, I want to talk about the movie Brave. So I think Ooh. best scene in that movie is when he's telling the story of how he lost his leg and he's like, and with one eye or with one arm and the kid, one of his like triplets is mocking him. It's the best part. <laughs> anyway, okay. So there's a quote in the movie. Uh, Meredith is fighting with her mom, Eleanor. And she says to her mom, she's like, I want my freedom. And then Eleanor, <laughs> and Eleanor says, yeah, she's uh, quoted a lot. It's really good. And she says, but are you willing to pay the price your freedom will cost? And she says, uh, she says that to her daughter, and it's a really, really powerful quote because Meredith is just trapped in the confines of what she should be doing, and she really wants to do what she feels like her life is leading her to do. And her mom is not saying she can't, but she's saying, are you willing to pay the price for that? And so I think this movie specifically, this quote specifically, right now in my life is moving me to make a more meaningful story mm. and doing the things that I believe that I should be doing despite the confines, quote unquote, that life has me in. And I'm, it's, I'm inspired seeing that scene. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I would say, um, I would say mine is tangled. Um, and, uh, Flint is Flint Rider, right? Flint Rider. Flint yeah. Rider. Flint Rider. I was thinking, I, of, I was thinking of Flint Lockwood. But his from, real name's Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, just the fact that he had this dream mm-hmm. and he thought this was the dream that he wanted this dream of you know having his own little island where he can do whatever he wanted on this island but yeah. learning that the dream that he wanted what isn't the dream that he needs or the dream that he actually wants this dream is to be loved to be seen to have someone in his life that cares about him as well um and Honestly, I just think that's just really precious and that he found someone that he could do that with and that that person showed him that you you don't have to live life by yourself. You can live life with other folks. You can live life and enjoy the things with other people. Yeah, I I just think that it's it's beautiful of the fact that he allowed himself to be changed and allowed his dream to be changed as well. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Good stuff. The kids are restless. Yeah. I think that means it's time to wrap. Autumn, do you have anything you want to say on the podcast? No? No, yeah. 
Any final thoughts, Autumn? Close us out. Okay, if you want to be on the podcast, say something. Hey, Autumn, what's your favorite Disney movie? Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to say? No. <laughs> okay. Thank you for being on the All Things Narrative Podcast, Autumn. All right, so we're going to wrap it there. Thank you guys so much for being on, Claudia. Thank you for joining us for this discussion. Yeah, thank for you why for we love Disney me. and Pixar animation. And... um. You guys get a break next month. Um, next month, uh, Ryan and I uh, are going to talk about uh, Lord of the Rings and Narnia. Whoa. So uh, that'll be a blast. So feel free to join us there. And these guys um, will be back. We'll be back uh, for a Why We Love uh, in August on the 60th anniversary of a certain fictional character. Oh, if you've listened to the previous episodes, you just might know who that is. So, Spider-Man. Is it? Oh, God. Hey, okay. please cut this out. Spoiler. Oh, was it a spoiler? Oh. No, that's okay. Oh, okay. Um, now it is. Oh, well. But anyways. <laughs> but anyways, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us for the All Things Narrative Podcast. This is your friendly narrative practitioner, Derek, signing off, saying thank you so much and take care. <laughs>